0: that water out of the goddamn huddle. i tell you when you get a water break. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is August 1st, 2019. 38 days to kick off.
1: Of course, we got that Hall of Fame game.
0: Yes, we're watching it right now. The Falcons are losing, I think. Waiting for the score to pop up. Yep, Denver 7, Atlanta 0. Second quarter, 12 minutes, 11 seconds left.
1: Suck it, Atlanta.
0: <laughs> well, you know, some people say that preseason games don't matter. That's wrong. We did a correlation a few years ago.
1: In 2013, because that's as current as it was when I updated it.
0: And at that time, there was a .47? 45. Four four five correlation. It was really, you could tell the Buccaneers... Season pretty well by how they did in the preseason, and then we updated it, and it's a
1: 0.51
0: correlation
1: yeah, so, coefficient.
0: Yeah, so pretty, pretty high.
1: Once I get the spreadsheet finalized, I might post it.
0: <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I don't want to
1: make any promises. <laughs> Go ahead and say we're gonna
0: do something so we don't do it. <laughs> Speaking of which, we have the Vita Vea video, we're still working on it, and some technical dish issues we're still working out. Got the video all chopped up and everything. We're just trying to get some other stuff. It's been
1: aggravating the shit out of Ralph, so he's been in a cranky mood.
0: Well, if I was just doing the video, that'd be fine, but we're having to do webcam with it and backdrops. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of work. Some other
0: stuff. Well, I'm trying to get it set up so we can
1: do it efficiently. Ralph's life motto is speed and efficiency. And when things are not speedy or efficient, he gets very aggravated with it.
0: I like to, I will spend five hours on something to get it to take a minute off a day if I can get it to automate or work better.
1: Listen, he has a slide belt where you don't actually have to do any, like, loops or anything. You just slide it and click so he can save those three seconds. And then also, weren't you trying to learn to tie your shoe... (laughs) <laughs> like in one thing like that's like three, he takes it really seconds. seriously i'm not gonna lie to that like you've rubbed off on me a little bit so i love my spreadsheets and sometimes you can do a spreadsheet with just a simple adding subtracting whatever you can do it yourself with your own brain but i'll set up a really complicated i'll spend three hours on a formula to get it to do it especially if i'm going to use it more than once
0: oh it makes a huge difference it to does. me well, there's the whole, they've found, if you get into habit science, they found that you're more likely to do something you don't want to do if you make it easy. They've, for instance, they're, they're, one of the examples, uh, one of the books I read, the author of the book and his wife wanted to eat outside on their patio, but they never ended up doing it. And they couldn't figure out why. So they ended up moving the table there was like three steps down off the patio, and then they had the table down there on like a little concrete thing. They moved the table up onto the patio, and they started eating out every night because then it's just it was it was just a matter of walking an extra 20 feet and down three steps. You take that away, and it was just easier. It's like going to work out. If you want to work out, go to the gym, have all your gym stuff ready. You know, don't make that a stumbling block in your way to work out because these little things will just make you go ah oh, screw it I'll do it later. So I try to get all that crap out of the way. That's So if that's why the video isn't happening. <laughs> because Ralph has been spending hours and hours and hours trying to get this set up so that we can do these videos much more efficient in the future. I have a video game controller set up so I can do all the rewinding and fast-forwarding and pausing so I don't have to click on. So mouse. So he doesn't have
1: to set up and click the <laughs> mouse and maybe hit some buttons on the keyboard. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> it's annoying. Fact check follow-ups. Follow up. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in game three in two thousand eighteen against the Chiefs on September twenty-third last year. He played in week one against Minnesota and week two against Detroit. Quan Alexander got hurt October twenty first, twenty eighteen against Cleveland week seven. All right. So neither one of them have played
1: in almost a year. In
0: almost a year. And they're gonna go against us in week one with not, no preseason. Yeah, not work. playing in
1: their preseason. What are these coaches thinking? That is the that is really dumb, hey, I'm right? glad.
0: I'm happy. We really need that first week win. Yeah,
1: I think so, too. We
0: cannot lose and have Quan Alexander whoop our ass. Week two is the big one, though. Week two, we cannot go to Carolina and lose to the Panthers and have Gerald McCoy play well.
1: Almost six minutes in. Oh! <laughs> Almost six minutes.
0: <laughs> I was wondering why you kept looking at the clock when I was talking. You're I knew what was coming. You were waiting for me, You're waiting for me to coming. say his name. Did you see... Cam Newton's hair on NFL Network. It was, it was, they were talking. It was while the Hall of Fame game was going on. They were interviewing Cam Newton. I swear to God, I turned around. I thought it was a pineapple. I thought they were talking to a pineapple. What is up with that freak, man? He is. There's something wrong with him. (laughs) I just, I, if I was a Carolina Panther fan, besides being embarrassed for just being a Carolina Panther fan, I would be embarrassed. To have Cam Newton as my quarterback. They
1: love him. The Carolina Panthers Twitter account, they did a poll before All or Nothing. And they said, do you think this season of All or Nothing will make you like Cam Newton more or less? And it was like 96% said more.
0: Because we're Carolina Panther fans? Yeah.
1: I responded. Obviously,
0: they've got issues because they're Carolina Panthers fans to begin with. But they like Cam Newton because he wins. Except last year. <laughs> and the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah.
0: He didn't even try for that fumble. He fumbled the ball and then just looked at it. It was like RG3 in that Seattle Seahawks. I
1: don't remember that Super Bowl at all.
0: It really was not that exciting. It was it was fun watching the Panthers get stopped. Was
1: that when we were in the hospital?
0: No, that was Seattle and yeah. New England.
1: Okay. So then was the Carolina Panthers won the next one or the one before that? It was 2015.
0: Uh, The one after, I want to say. Or before. I think it was after. Can't remember. Follow up. I had talked about Rick Stroud copying me with the amoeba defense. I had said this defense we're going to field is going to be more like a amoeba defense. Are you
1: eating some crow? You got to eat some crow? Yes and no. Okay.
0: I had said, I'm not aware of anybody else using that phrase. I mean, I'm sure somebody has at some point. It's definitely not a common term. Well, I looked it up. It is a term for basketball defenses. They call them amoeba defenses.
1: Interesting. Yes. But we don't watch basketball?
0: I never watch basketball, so I didn't get it from there. However, the first reference I could find of it in the NFL was 2009. Some New York Giants fans were talking about it for their defense. They were basically saying, we don't know what kind of defense this is. It looks like a blob out there. And somebody said, (laughs) "More like an amoeba. Later, in 2012, it was used in reference to the Seahawks' defense a bit. And then the Patriots' defense was referred to as an amoeba defense last year and the previous year. And the Ravens' defense was referred to as an amoeba defense last year. So I must have picked it up
1: osmotically. Yeah.
0: So I give Rick Schnott a break on that one. Okay. He wasn't copying me. There we go. He didn't steal my bit.
1: Maybe it's like picking up popularity, too.
0: Hopefully it'll pick up a lot of popularity with us using it this year. Follow-up. The guy we were talking about, one of the guys I had mentioned, Danny Lanzana, Teeth Candy, and Landry were three players just off the tip of my tongue that really stood out to me as being playmakers. They really stood out on film. seemed like, every time they were on the field, they made good shit happen. But we couldn't remember the name of Landry, his first name. I think I said Scott. His name was Derek Landry. Close. <laughs> Very close. Very close. <laughs> well, I used to know a guy named Scott Derek, so. Ah, that's not true. I'm sure. <laughs> I just made that up. His name was actually Landry Derrick. Derrick Scott. Scott Derrick. Derek Landry Scott.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: But he was really good. I really liked him. He was with us uh, during the Shiana era. He only played a couple of games, but it was just every time he was, and he didn't get on the field a lot, but every time he was on the field, he was causing turnovers and getting pressures and making quarterback throw interceptions. It was just really strange. And Danny Lanzana was like that, too. He just, he just popped on tape. Keith Tandy was like that. Man, he used to do some hits that would just de cleat guys.
1: Yeah, he was good on special teams, too.
0: Very good on special teams. Why we got rid of him, I don't know. And why other teams don't pick him up. Lanzana went and he played with somebody after us for a while. Might have been the Giants.
1: I was thinking the Giants. Follow-up.
0: Yep. Yeah. Now, follow-up on a follow-up. Yeah. <laughs> but he just, uh, they just don't seem to stick. And I don't know. I mean, it's got to be a culture of the nfl you know there's something there because all industries have their own culture and if you're not neck deep in that culture you're not going to survive yeah you know every industry's got its own terminology they got their own way of doing things and if you're not well versed in that way you're not going to survive and i think that's probably what happens to guys like that they might be good on the field but they're not good at other aspects that we're not Clued in on.
1: Yeah, like they might not be political, or mm-hmm. they yeah, may they be abrasive agents. with the coaches. Good agents.
0: They may not speak well. Yeah, I don't know if I ever heard any of those speak. Of those no, guys
1: never. I, I to, don't even know what they look like.
0: I need, yeah, good point. I need to come up with a list of players that really have stood out to me that have disappeared. Derek Landry, he played, I want to say, with Chicago. He bounced around the league for a while before he landed with us, and then he only played in a couple games for a few snaps, and then he was gone.
1: Wasn't he with Philly? I think he came from Philly. You
0: know what? I am not going to fact-check a follow-up, so we're going to look that up right now. He played from 2007 to 2013. He played with Jacksonville from 2007 to 2009. Played with Carolina in 2010. Philadelphia, you were right. From 2011 and 2012, and then Tampa for 2013. He played in nine games, only started one for us. Let's see how many snaps he had. 123. 123 snaps in nine games. And out of those 123 snaps, now what I do with my uh, spreadsheets and when I analyze films is I will, when a player makes a play, you know, whether it be uh, a tackle, a forced fumble, bat a ball down, uh, recovering a fumble, any any play that's above average, you know, that's positive, I will mark it down, and then I will compare it to how many snaps they play and how many plays they make, and then you get a percentage of to how good they are on the field. And Derek Landry, let's say he snapped, he had 123 snaps, he probably had 15 plays, which that's you know that's 10 percent, that's huge. Yeah, I mean normally guys are around one three percent, I mean 10 percent is off the charts. And I'm just making those numbers up. I I don't have it right in front of me, but I don't know. I don't know why like Keith Tandy. I don't know why he just couldn't stick with teams. Man. I never understood why he never got a starting spot with us. Yeah, everybody loved him. Right when he was on the field, he was making plays. Everybody was like, he Keith was a Tandy. good
1: tackler too.
0: Very good tackler, good defender, good uh, good in coverage. I don't know. Yeah, very good tackler. But God, I hope we get some of them this year.
1: Speaking of tackling, I was listening to the Ira Kaufman podcast today. And we have talked before about how Dirk Cutter didn't have them tackling in practice.
0: And amazed at how that wasn't talked about at all.
1: One of the Joes said that Levy Smith didn't have him tackle either.
0: You said that to me, and I'm like, "How in the world have we not known for what six years now? Yeah, they have not they been, have been not tackling in, tackled practice. in practice. That's ridiculous. No wonder our defenses suck. I know. And tackling has been a huge issue for us.
1: Absolutely.
0: For, ever since Shiano. Yeah, Shiano's the last time, last team defense that I can remember did tackled well.
1: Yeah, they said that. Dirk Cutter had learned from the Jack Del Rio school of thought where you just get the players through preseason with no injuries and then they take it from there. So that's why they didn't have them tackling. I don't
0: preseason. like that philosophy. You don't see injuries nowadays due to tackling that much anymore. Normally they're non-contact injuries.
1: Yeah, like Orion Stewart with his ACL.
0: Or Quan Alexander last year. I mean, you don't get these hard hits and all that anymore. So the tackling, getting hurt tackling just doesn't seem to be as frequent as it used to be. So I'm not a big fan of that. And plus, you know, the only way you get good at tackling is tackling. That's not something you can practice.
1: But in practice, it's not like it. they're going full force. Like you can tackle without trying to kill your teammates.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember Shiano had the guys tackling that alligator roll tackling. and that was great. Man, we were tackling everybody.
1: Yeah. Led the league in TFLs that year.
0: By a huge margin. Yeah. Huge margin. We had the 12th best run defense in the history of the NFL. That was 2012 or 2013? Uh, uh, 12. Yeah. So we're sitting here watching the Atlanta game. We're trying to see how their second and third stringers are doing. Not too impressed with anybody so far. Didn't get a chance. We missed the first series, which that's when the first stringers played.
1: But I don't even think Matt Ryan and Julio Jones dressed out.
0: Would oh, surprise me. Yeah, but well, we wanted to look at their offensive line they have a new guard, and you said that the uh, the guard
1: that they drafted. So they had two first round picks. They got a tackle with the first first round pick, and then a guard with the second.
0: I'm pretty sure the guard was the first one, Chris Lindstrom, guard from Boston College. Okay. Yes, guard
1: it's- first, then their tackle Caleb McGarry mm-hmm. from Washington. Apparently, Caleb is undergoing a cardiac ablation procedure uh, that was yesterday, and it's supposedly minimally invasive and similar to two previous procedures he's had. Whoa. Yeah. A potential recovery timetable is expected.
0: So we didn't learn anything from that. All we know is he's had some minor surgery. Yeah, That doesn't sound good, though. Anytime a heart... That's a heart thing. Yeah. Anytime you have... Something wrong with your heart. That's not good.
1: Especially for an athlete.
0: Ablation?
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: Well, I hope he gets better. I hope he uh, makes it back by, I don't know, 2020. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. So we wanted to watch these offensive linemen, see how they were going. We did get a chance, but what we did find out is that the Carolina Panthers center, the guy that's played with them his whole career, had a stellar career, Ryan Khalil who retired at the end of last year.
1: You saw him on All or Nothing crying in the meeting rooms because that was his last season. Last
0: home game. Yeah, and they got whooped. Well, he has come out of retirement already and signed with the New York Jets.
1: That is so <laughs> weird to me. First of all, I know that they signed a replacement for him. That was like their big free agent signing, Matt Paradis. But do you really think if he went back to them and said, "I want to come back and play," that they wouldn't take him? I don't
0: know. I don't either. They didn't want him, or he didn't want them. Yeah, one of the two. To go to the Jets,
1: though, of all places, of all
0: places,
1: Ooh. it's Jeez. a one-year, eight million-dollar deal.
0: Oh, that's pretty good.
1: But he got through like the whole off-season. And then right before preseason, he's like, I got to come back.
0: <laughs> it's funny, though. My, I'm going to go with the fact that he just did not want to play with the Carolina Panthers anymore because they're just a horrible, horrible team. And he would rather play with the bottom-dwelling New York Jets <laughs> than with the Carolina Panthers. He don't want the pineapple up under his <laughs> putting his hands on his butt anymore. It's like, I see the way you dress, man. What's wrong with you? The Bucks are going to be live streaming the preseason games this year on I their did, website.
1: Yeah, and the app.
0: But here's the kicker. It's only locally.
1: I know. I saw that.
0: I don't know how much sense that makes. And I'm sure it has to do with licensing rights by the NFL that they can't just put it out there on the Internet and everything. But, I mean, if you're local, you can just watch it on TV.
1: Yeah. You don't even need cable.
0: Yeah, just get one of those HDTV antennas. And yeah. Bingo. Get them for like nine bucks. You know, you get like 40 channels with those. Yeah. We can't get here, though, because I, I hooked it up. No reception whatsoever. We get no, because no re- we got we, steel doors and everything. So nothing that gets is? in I here. don't know how yeah. that works. You know, <laughs> we get no signal in here. No cell phone signal. No nothing. Are we
1: like in a lead box? Is that what it is?
0: Well, I'm trying to keep Superman from being able to <laughs> okay. spy on us, too. Or Homelander, if you're watching the TV show The Boys from on Amazon Prime. That's yeah. a freak there. He's like Superman, but he's a real jerk. Oh. He's got some real issues. Yeah.
1: I'd imagine you would as a superhero. I've like always a real said god that. complex.
0: I've always said that. you know, the superheroes, you get all these powers. We're people. You're gonna do some messed up stuff.
1: Yeah. They're all like very righteous and generally good.
0: Now Marvel comic books dealt with that a little bit better. They had their heroes would fall into dark side. Like Tony Stark was an alcoholic. Peter Parker was always right, trying Right, but to, their
1: souls were still pure. They were still, their intentions were
0: good. Sometimes. But not as bad as you would think. I mean, I'd right. say if I had superpowers, I'd be a supervillain. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'd save people and stuff, but. Maybe. Kids You're especially. like him,
1: I feel like it.
0: Right, yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean?
1: You're kind of a jerk. You cut me off in traffic that one day. <laughs>
0: See, I'd be saving kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Like
1: Grown-ups, I mean, you know, life's Solve your own problems.
0: Yeah. Pull, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> but, but DC Comics, that's where Superman and Aquaman are. They were horrible about it. They're, they're like superheroes were just, they had no moral conflicts whatsoever. Well, maybe Batman a little bit. But anyhow, this is a Buccaneers podcast. We're not going to get into superheroes nerding out over here. <laughs> Hey, did you see that the uh, team announced that we signed wide receiver Matthew Eaton and tight end Scott Orndoff? No. And we also got tackle William Poles off of waivers.
1: And we got another offensive lineman, too, and they're both huge. Are they? Like 6'6". Six, six.
0: Oh, another tackle? No, wait a Two
1: Two offensive linemen. I knew about Paul I don't know the other one. On. Let me look at my notes. We touched on this briefly last time. William Holes is 6'8", 344 crap. pounds. What? Just per Greg Allman. And then Brock Rubel is 6'8", 325 pounds.
0: Holy crap.
1: And, of course, Demar Dotson is 6'9". Remember what we talked about yep, yep. a few weeks ago, how our offensive linemen, they're all different types of players. Some mm. are athletic. Some are big bruisers. Um. And there's no cohesiveness on the offensive line. So it's interesting to me that they're bringing in these really big guys.
0: It is interesting. Maybe we'll have like a Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I like that. Ma-
1: yeah, maybe. But what holes do we really have in the offensive line? Really, the guard position is the only one that's unsettled.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Everybody's complaining about Jameson, too. You know,
1: mm.
0: He hasn't lived up to his billing and all that. That Paul's guy, though, he's been in the league for, for quite a while. But he hasn't played any. He was drafted. B-b-b-b-b-bo. I don't know. don't see any draft information on him. But he he signed with the Tennessee Titans, then waived, and then cut, and then added, and then signed, and then waived, and then cut, and then added, and signed, and then waived. From 2014 to 2016, all that with the Titans. Never played a game for him. And then Buffalo Bills added him in 2016 to the practice squad and then cut him a month later. Then he was added to the Chicago Bears practice squad. In 2016, he stayed there until January 2017, where he was signed to the reserve future contract. Then Jacksonville Jaguars acquired him in September 3rd, 2017, after the Bears cut him. The Jaguars got him off of waivers, and then they re-signed him March 16, 2018, never played a snap for them. And then they waived him in September 1st, 2018, and then he was cut the next day. And then Indianapolis Colts signed him for to a reserve future contract December thirty first, twenty eighteen. Then they let go of him. Now we got him. Guy's never played a snap, I don't think. Not a snap. Six foot seven, three hundred and two pounds is what he's listed here. That's just crazy. Yeah, get these big offensive linemen. So we got Matthew Eaton and tight end Scott Orndoff. Matthew Eaton is a wide receiver. He spent time with Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's actually from Norfolk, Virginia. He played at Iowa State. Orndoff, the tight end. He entered the NFL as a college free agent in 2017, signed with the Steelers, then the Cincinnati Bengals practice squad. He spent time with Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a native of Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. Played for University of Pittsburgh.
1: Sounds to me like they're trying to find a diamond in the rough. Who? Huh. The Bucks. By signing these guys.
0: Well, you know, Arians has said that that's the reason why he has two practices. Because he, he said you're never going to find a diamond in the rough sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. So he tries to get as many people out there as he can. Just so he can see if there's anything worth keeping.
1: And with us not really having that much cap room, these guys who are bottom of the barrel. Ooh. Jumping from team to team. That's really the only type of player we're going to be able to sign.
0: Who's that little 48? I'm watching the Denver-Atlanta game. And the number 48, Jackson? Jackson? Little guy
1: with the Broncos. With the
0: Broncos, watch this run. Then the t- Noah Fant. No, that's a no, tight No, that's end. the tight end. Why would they do that?
1: I think he's their draft pick. Can't hang on to the ball.
0: Why are they showing Noah Fant after the Jackson just had that good run? Oh. oh well.
1: Typical. I
0: hate that. I hate that. It drives me crazy. Then the, the.
1: I bet if we unmuted it, we would hear Chris Collinsworth performing fellatio on him.
0: <laughs> Talking about how he played basketball oh, yeah. in college. <laughs>
1: I bet he went to Harvard. <laughs> oh, so we talked about the Panthers in Atlanta, the Saints. Michael Thomas's temper tantrum paid off. He got himself a big contract.
0: We didn't talk about that. I don't know. Maybe podcast. we did. Mm-hmm. I just thought
1: it would dovetail nicely with. Yeah, hundred
0: million dollars. First non-quarterback to ever hit the hundred million dollar contract mark. But he's only getting, I want to say, forty million guaranteed. Sixty. <laughs> Sixty million. Sixty. Sixty-one million if you round it up. But this is saying a five-year, ninety-six million-dollar contract. Where are they getting a hundred million from? I don't know. Somebody's wrong. So anyhow, that's a lot of money. So Michael Thomas is getting that money. Drew Brees is getting his money. Armstead, their left tackle, is making sixteen million this year. Larry Warford, the guard, is making eleven million. Andreas Pete, the other guard, he's making ten million.
1: Okay, so of the top five players, three are offensive linemen yeah. on that team. They do have a good offensive line. So maybe there's something to be said for that. I don't know. We're paying our offensive line a good chunk of change. Oh, a crap
0: ton of money, yeah. Which, you know, everybody was talking about, we had to sign Diamond Smith because there's nobody else out there to replace him. Guess what? What? The Redskins are losing their Pro Bowl left tackle because he don't want to play with them anymore. That's why they had Donald Penn in there the other day.
1: Yeah. Trent Williams. Yep. So he's holding out not for more money. No. He just doesn't want to play for him. Yeah. And they don't want to let him go. Well,
0: they're trying to trade him. But well, my point being is there's a left tackle that's a lot better than Donovan Smith that we could have got for a lot less money. I mean, he's looking to get $11 million this year.
1: What are we paying Donovan? Like 14 12
0: Well, it's a $12.5 million cap hit between his roster and his base salary. But, you know, it, it, that was the weirdest argument. And it was... It, we've talked about this on the podcast, ad nauseum, when it was going on. Why in the world did the media go along with that? It was like the front office put out their marching orders. Here's your talking points. And then the everybody in the media just went with it. Yeah. I've never, ever heard that excuse before. Oh, well, we got to pay this guy a shit ton of money because there's nobody out there that we could pay a shit ton of money to. And he's
1: at least consistent. He's always out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, good Lord. I would have put just about anybody in that position. And to be, uh, you know, to, to pay pay him a lot less. I mean, he really hurt our cap. If you're mad that Jeremy McCoy's gone, be mad at Donovan Smith because he took all Jeremy McCoy's money. If it's about money, and we all know it wasn't about money.
1: You can make that argument for anybody. Adam Humphrey Yeah,
0: Adam Humphrey's Vaughan gone. Kawin
1: Alexander. Kawin
0: Alexander's gone. We couldn't do anything in
1: free agency.
0: Yeah, because Donovan Smith got his big money. We could have put Benenock over there, and it wouldn't have been much worse. And we could have paid him. A fifth? A, a million dollars a year?
1: Not from what I hear from camp. Everybody's talking about how bad Beninock is playing.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I just feel saying. bad
1: for him. He's like everyone's favorite scapegoat.
0: Well, that's what happens. You know, it's like last year, he, he really did shit to bed at the beginning of the year. But also, he was not out there for a full game. He was never out there for the full game all season. He was rotating with Evan Smith. For the first half of the year, until Evan Smith got hurt, and then he started rotating with Alex Kappa. So Bennock never played a full game. He was just he was in, and out, in and out, in and out. That's not good for an so? offensive lineman.
1: Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that.
0: I mean, these guys need to be. It's kind of like a running backs. Running backs, you can't just throw mm-hmm. a running back out there. That's why I don't, I'm not a big fan of running backs by committee because from what I've seen, running backs they get better as the defense gets tired. You know, and running backs seem to. Once they get used to that hitting and running and feeling the field out, they just get better and better and better as the game goes along. I think offensive linemen are the same way. But anyhow, they you know they, they were swapping Beninock in and out, in and out, all year long. He never got – but towards the end of the year, he was playing pretty decent. I mean, not spectacular by any means, but he was starting to get mean, and he was kind of knowing what he was doing a little bit. When the, the, when Tamar Dotson was throwing guys at him, he was able to <laughs> pick them up somewhat, at least blocking them with his body. But, you know, there's plenty of tackles in the league that we could have got. Plenty. And I, I just did not understand that narrative. I've never even heard that before. You know, well, we got to pay this guy a crap ton of money. He's not worth it. Everybody knows it. And they go, well, we got to do it because there's nobody else we can put in his place. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's probably a hundred different guys you can put. Well, on one of the podcasts, I sat here and listed off all the left tackles that were available in free agency. And it was what, like 40? There were 20. I know that. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. We get into those guys for a lot cheaper. So, I don't know. It was just strange to me.
1: And frustrating because when he's in a contract year.
0: Right. Last year was his contract year and he played like dog crap.
1: Yeah. Like he just didn't care or he knew he was going to get top tackle money. So,
0: we're going to put together a video one day. It's on our list of just Donovan McNabb turned around. Donovan McNabb. Donovan Smith. (laughs) (laughs)
1: How many years has it been since Donovan McNabb has even been in the league? (laughs) Why is that the first name that came to you?
0: That's like the most famous Donovan on the planet. Yeah, I guess so. Of Donovan Smith turned around watching the quarterback get hit. I mean, there's probably a good 20 solid minutes of footage of him just standing there (laughs) watching the quarterback get hit. We do we will all the time we'll be like, Donovan, what are you doing? It was He's
1: at crazy least crazy. once a game. Yeah. We were screaming at the TV, Donovan Finn, what the fuck are you doing?
0: Yeah. I would say, and this is I'm just going off of uh I'm just making these numbers up, but I would say on average Donovan had five bad plays a game. That's a lot. That's a lot.
1: Would you say that most of them were not finishing the play, not playing to yeah. the whistle?
0: Yeah. Most of them were, probably 70%. So anywhere.
1: I wonder if they drill that into him, if it will improve. Yes,
0: yeah, so I don't think he's talented and, and physically not able to do this stuff. Yeah. It just seems like his gumption just isn't there. Because you'll see, as soon as a guy gets around him or beats him by a step, he just quits. He'll put his arm down to the side and turn around and watch the guy. Yeah. He won't try to block anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> He won't even go over and try to get the guy off the corner. He just turns
1: into a spectator at that point.
0: And I'd like to know what he's got to be saying something like, look out, James.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't even look like he's moving or he's not animated or anything. You
0: expect him to pull like a bag of popcorn out of his shorts and start eating while he's watching.
1: A soda pop with a straw. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's horrible.
1: I don't think he's bad. I just think, think he's average and i think the effort isn't there
0: i think he's got blackmail pictures of jason Light. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only explanation i can come up with you know he but then again you know it's like i'm talking about you got keith tandy on one hand who just pops off on film i mean he's just making plays left and right he's just always in a good position great tackler doesn't mess up a whole lot he gets cut never gets a starting opportunity and you got donovan smith he pops off on film for the wrong reasons you know there's always At least four or five times a game where I'm just pulling my hair out going, what are you doing? And he gets a huge contract and starts every game. And you're like, what is it that's there that I'm not seeing? It's got to be some other stuff. You know, like he's he's great in the locker room. He's got a good personality. Everybody likes him. Something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think it could be any of those. It could also be where he was drafted.
0: That's probably a good point.
1: Because... With your draft picks, that's a lot of capital that you're investing in these players. Mm -hmm. Guys like Keith Tandy that just walking off the street, you got nothing to lose there if they don't work out.
0: We did draft Keith Tandy. We did? Yes, West Virginia. Him and his best friend who stayed with us for a couple years after Keith Tandy was released. Uh, What was his name?
1: And they were like, we have to go somewhere together. Like one wouldn't sign without the other.
0: And we signed both of them. Yeah. And they were both second stringers for the longest time. Who was it? Who was it?
1: The name is like right on the tip of my tongue.
0: Stick your tongue out. Let me assume. <laughs> no. Need to brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> You're rude. Uh, it was Najee Good. Now, I was wrong. He was with us for 2012. Him and Keith Tandy were both. They both came in at the same time. Both from West Virginia. Najee Good was drafted in the fifth round, 140th overall. But then we released him. He goes to Philadelphia, and he stayed with Philadelphia until 2017. And last year, he was with Indianapolis. So he lasted in the league longer than Keith Tandy. Actually, no, they were both in the league at the same same amount of time. Najee Good only started four games in his career, none with us. He only played in three games for us. But him and Keith Tandy were best best friends.
1: You know, that never happens when we're just talking in conversation
0: together. You just
1: get a surprise lisp every now and
0: then. But Keith Tandy, he played with us from 2012 to 2017. And then last year, he played with the Falcons. He played in six games for the Falcons last year. He started eight games, no, 15 games for us in the six years he was here. He didn't do a whole lot of starting, but he did start a few games. It was mainly due to injury. But he played in almost every game. What was my point? What brought all that
1: up? I don't know. I'm lost. We
0: got way (laughs) sidetracked. That'll happen. That'll happen.
1: Let's get to some Bucks training camp. Okay. I listened to a podcast today, specifically Rendak's training camp podcast. He had three of them. So that was a good extended look at you know every day he's going and doing another journal. So some interesting tidbits.
0: Now, that's Pewtercast, right? Pewtercast, Pewtercast yeah. podcast.
1: He said Levante is coming off the field in nickel packages, and Devin White is staying in.
0: Interesting. So there's only one linebacker in the nickel package. I don't know. <coughs> only one inside linebacker, I guess. Right. What, no, they have the two it.
1: outside, probably.
0: Yeah. So Levante David is coming off the field.
1: Which do they have? Devin White, calling plays. Yeah, he's. So he the would play have caller. to. Be on the field, right?
0: Yeah, he's going to be on the field all the time, pretty much. That's crazy. Levante David is now
1: it's, uh, basically
0: a rotational player. <laughs> yeah,
1: the new guard is here. <laughs>
0: That's a shame. You know, Levante David could have had a spectacular career, and I'm not saying his career is over by any means, but I really think his the prime of his years were wasted with on some Lovie crappy, Smith. crappy defenses.
1: Levy Smith did not know what to do with him. They tried to put him in a box.
0: Mike Smith definitely didn't know what to do no, with
1: him. No, absolutely not.
0: Had him in coverage all the damn time. Uh... People say that about Jerry McCoy all the time, that his years were wasted here. But he was basically, he did whatever he wanted to do. I mean, Jerry McCoy just rushed the quarterback. That's what he did, you know. I mean, he wasn't involved in any of these schemes and, and stuff. You know, that's that's the secondary guys. I mean, the, the, the defensive line, they have their stunts and twists and all that stuff that they do. A lot of times they call it themselves. Jerry McCoy didn't ever change his his play style from the time he was drafted until the time he left here. If you watch tape, it's Jeremy, You tape, know, he did the same stuff all the time, all the time. Levante David, on the other hand, he was assigned all kinds of different crap all over the field. And he was just, I, I feel like he was, seriously, his talent was wasted. They never used him. Shiano did. But Lovey and Mike Smith never used him for what he was good at. He's not bad in coverage, but, you know, his thing is hunt the ball.
1: Yeah, he's a ball honk. Yeah, good. He's patient. He's football smart.
0: Yeah, don't put he him. Can in,
1: read a play.
0: Don't put don't put him in a zone and have him sit there. It's just a waste.
1: Yeah, you and I talked about Justin Evans the other day. Mm-hmm. About how he needs to get his butt on the field.
0: I don't or think else he's gonna He's going to lose his job if what I'm hearing about Mike Edwards is correct. I think Justin Edwards is. Or Justin Evans is not going to make it.
1: Well, Ren thinks he's going to make it, and Ira Kaufman said that he's not. He's not going to be cut because he's making league minimum.
0: Well, there's a point to that. I mean, he might, he might be a second, third stringer, man. Yeah. Go back and watch that Chicago game. It was the worst performance of a football player I've ever seen in my life. He had no idea what he was doing out there. And I don't know if it was Mike Smith's defense, but everybody else kind of looked like they knew what they were doing. They weren't particularly doing it well. But he looked, He looked. there was a times where he looked lost. He ran from one side of the field one time at the snap. He was over on the right hash mark. He was actually standing between the right hash mark and the sideline. They snapped the ball. He ran all the way over to the left flat at the snap of the ball and double covered a guy. There was already a guy over there in the flats, one of our defenders, and he ran all the way over there and was just like, uh, what are you doing here? And everybody was like, what are you doing here? Is the kind of (laughs) impression I got. It was just crazy stuff like that all through the game. It was, it was really strange. He's never impressed me at all. I've never seen anything where I've gone. This guy is good.
1: I've heard. Ba say that he thinks that he's football smart, so he likes that he's a smart football player. But the injuries are an issue. One of Ba's favorite stories to tell is Wally Pip, Wally Pip, and Lou Gehrig. Yep. you know Wally Pip didn't play, I think, because of like a migraine, and lost his job to Lou Gehrig. No one even knows who Wally Pip is. So I I get that.
0: Yeah, uh, Bruce Arians is big on if you get hurt there's a high possibility you're going to lose your job. Yeah. Because he trains everybody else to be replacement people. The next people. man up. The next man up. That's what he said. He said, you know, the MVP on the team is the guy that can step in and replace the guy that gets hurt. Yeah. He said, hey, it's straight from the coach's mouth. So, you know, it's not like I'm making this up.
1: So maybe we keep Justin Evans, but he's a backup, no longer a starter.
0: Yeah, you figure we got Jordan Whitehead and his and his and Mike Edwards is playing the way he seems to be playing. If he can do this through the preseason – He's going to get the starting job.
1: Well, Greg Almond tweeted today that the starting secondary is Hargreaves and Davis at corner, Edwards and Whitehead at safety, and Stewart at nickel. Justin Evans ain't mm-hmm. in there.
0: Well, where is Bunting? Uh... I know
1: Murphy Bunting. I don't know. I mean, these are just the starters. That's not to say that those other guys won't get significant playing time. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Don't know. Don't know.
1: I'm interested to see those guys in preseason. You know they're going to be flying around. Yes, I want to see what everybody's talking about. You only get so much from training camp. Yeah,
0: you get these little clips, and you know, of course, you know, I sit there and try to analyze all of it, and you you can't because you can't see anything. There's people in the way. It's at ground level. And how
1: many plays happen where nothing's really happening? (laughs) It's very like selective what you get to see.
0: You get the highlight. Yeah,
1: exactly. I want to
0: see the crap plays. That's where I get the most information. Yeah, but from the looks of it, that secondary is just. They're fast and long. I mean, they're, they're knocking these balls down. Yeah, making
1: the offense look really bad. Wren, except,
0: except Mike Evans. Yeah. Nobody's been able to cover him yet.
1: Ren said that Sue and Vea in the middle are going to be a force to be reckoned with.
0: Call it here first.
1: He said basically Vita is like getting through the line and laying down the offensive lineman like gently. Because <laughs> it's tackle, but...
0: Cradling them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am so excited. You listen to this podcast, you know I am huge on the Vita Veil. I think he has the potential to be elite, if not Warren Sapp level, even better than Warren Sapp. And that's saying something, because I'm a big Warren Sapp fan. And from what I've seen from Vita V, just uh I'm telling you, man, there's something there that I've never seen before. He's got he's got he's got the combination you want of uh athlete, he's super strong, he's got good balance, he's aggressive, and he's quick as shit. To be as big as he is. I mean he runs down the field with the best level.
1: Yeah, he'll be chasing after a play.
0: He'll run a quarterback down.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. Maybe. Yeah. Ren said that there are a few plays where Sue and Vita, it was just that they came through the line and the play is like immediately dead because they got there so fast. <laughs>
0: They're just like
1: like the offense couldn't even do anything. It was like over.
0: <laughs> I saw that one play where Sue did that swim move on Ali Marpet and just like walked right past him. And the running back ran into Sue. He like, he was there. Sue was there at the handoff. And the running back uh, got it yeah. and just, pow.
1: Didn't even see him. Yeah.
0: That big wall of a man. <laughs> did see that.
1: Speaking of running backs, we haven't heard a lot. I've been hearing the past few days that Rojo is really giving Peyton Barber a run for his money. Really? And that Rojo could overtake nah. Peyton for the number one spot. No, nah. But Ren said that. Andre Ellington is a really smooth pass catcher. Oh, he's awesome. Which B.A. loves those Mm -hmm. pass catch and running backs.
0: I saw him make a one-handed grab at practice in the end zone behind his—he was turned around. He had to spin around to grab it, caught it one-handed, and and went into the end zone with it. It was beautiful, beautiful. I mean, something you would expect from a slot receiver.
1: Yeah. Ah, See, he could be the favorite to get that number three spot.
0: Oh, that's what I think. I think it's going to be— Barber, I don't know about Rojo. I really don't. You know, I don't. Bruce Arians will talk guys up specifically to pump up their confidence and ego. Doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that he, they're going to be a starter or even on the team. He's just trying to help them up. So I don't really listen to what they say as far as judging whether they're going to make the team or not. I don't know about Rojo. I don't know a thing about him. I mean, he, he only got a few snaps last year. He was bleh. and you know, for what I've seen from camp. I don't know. I haven't seen anything that's been that impressive, but I haven't seen that much.
1: Yeah. I think in the past couple of days, it's really started to pick
0: up. I can't see, I can't see him get paid for Barber's job. in no way. Peyton Barber is a good running back. He's a good, good running back. He's way underestimated. I think he's tough. His only problem is, or his big problem, he likes contact too much and he will seek guys out to hit <laughs> instead of trying to avoid them. That's the only, that's the big problem I have with him. I got quite a few times last year, he's got an open field and there's a safety running at him. And he changed his direction to go at the safety instead of trying to get away from him. He just likes contact too much. He wants to bowl people over, he wants to chuck guys.
1: Yeah. I like a running back that likes contact like that.
0: Me too. I don't like them dancing running backs.
1: Yeah. Kind of like Doug Martin. He was fun to watch because he was more physical. Mm hmm. Well, Garrett Blunt, he was fun. He wasn't as... I mean, he was a little physical, right? A little bit
0: physical, yeah. But
1: then he had that finesse where he's, like, hurtling over guys. Yes,
0: he was surprisingly spriteful.
1: Yeah. Last podcast, it just so happened that we talked about Chris Godwin with his drops, having a case with the drops last season. And? And Ren said that he's not dropping as many in practice.
0: You know... In general, I don't I don't know if he had that many drops, but there was one game in particular.
1: They were easy catches that he should have had. They it, were like right in his hand and then he just let him go.
0: And they were they were big time drops in the sense that we needed him to make that catch in that situation. And it was when he took over for Deshaun Jackson when he was hurt. So that's when we were like, Man, can this guy not handle the spotlight? And the pressure? Yeah, it might
1: be the pressure. Could yeah, be. Not a whole
0: lot of pressure in training camp.
1: It's true. Another receiver, Scotty Miller, that we've heard about.
0: I like Scotty Miller.
1: Yeah. Renton said he's got the most separation in the deep routes of all the receivers. Not a surprise there, because all we've heard is about his speed.
0: He is fast. <clears throat> just watching his college film, that guy is blazingly fast. Just It's just weird how he, looks, he makes everybody else out there look slow, you know? But you brought up that that might be all good and well, but... How is his ability to take contact? Yeah, you know, and he was so fast in college he didn't get hit a whole lot from what I saw. So that's that's a big question. You know, he's a small guy,
1: especially in a slot like that. You get hit over the middle.
0: Perriman is it going to be an interesting one? You know, because I, I well, as soon as we got him, I looked up, watched the film, and he was he was okay. You know, he seemed to be able to get some separation on the deep routes and stuff, but.
1: I haven't heard much from him in training camp.
0: didn't no really, really
1: talking about it.
0: He did really good with Cleveland last year for, you know, long passes. And when Mayfield hooked up quite a bit. So it's going to be interesting. I, I'm really interested to see how a wide receiver lineup is going to be. we got a lot of our— Not really the only position group that's relatively solid is the tight end and offensive line minus the right guard and the middle of the defensive line. Other than that, everything else is up for grabs.
1: Yeah. They did out— round table
0: and the quarterback
1: of some of the podcasters. So that one was cool. You got a lot of different perspectives. I've never listened to Mr. Bucks nation. He's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. He was there. I think that he was the one that said they seem to have better communication in training camp than they did in years past. And he wondered how much the music had an impact on that.
0: Oh, good point. Yeah.
1: Which I never thought about. I don't recall when we went to training camp, whether the music was that loud.
0: No, it was not that loud. But we were also there very early in the training camp process.
1: Yeah. I don't even remember music. Do you? No. It doesn't stand out to me. But maybe because it wasn't an issue then. It's like an <laughs> issue now. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I can go back. I got video. We can watch the video. Yeah. See if there was music playing. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. We'll have another podcast out Monday. See what the score is on the Hall of Fame game. Hopefully Atlanta's getting... Beat so bad that all of his all the first stringers quit. Julio Jones decides to go and sign with the, uh, let's say the Jets. Or all the-
1: he'll come to the Bucks for league minimum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he'll actually pay us to come Just play. Out of the
1: kind of subs- There's 48 that, that, again.
0: There he is. He's good. Oh, I like him. Shifty, running L- back. Little He's Jackson. A tiny
1: guy. He looks like uh, Jacques Rogers.
0: Uh-huh. Yep, 7-7. Seven, seven.
1: Third quarter. Third
0: quarter. All righty. We're going to wrap this up and finish watching this game. Till next time,
1: go books.